You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I am Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt. Welcome to the pod today as we discuss WeWork or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn. There we are. That's the end of the podcast. As long as that's all the time we got today. (laughs) 100%. So I'm writing this out and I'm like, because I take notes on paper like a, I don't know, some kind of plebe. Octogenarian. Right, with a pen. Although they are really pretty pens and I think that's part of the attraction, but... (laughs) It makes me so happy that it says unicorn and there's rationale in the documentary for that. But to me, it's just like, oh, like in legend. And yes, (laughs) that's where my head goes. So (laughs) just like in legend. And then you find out that they say a unicorn is a company valued at $1 billion. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not as cool then, in my opinion, because I don't have a unicorn company. So yeah, more lame, more lame. So Mm -hmm. Unless I had a billion dollars, and then I'd probably be like, all right, I'm digging that. I can make a unicorn. That's what I would think. <laughs> yes. Take that, John Hammond. Okay. So, boy, oh boy, what a ride this one was. The cat who this focuses on is a guy named Adam Newman, who mm-hmm. looks exactly like one of Blake's friends. And it's been weird me out all week. So, I have not asked either of the kids if they think it looks like Bryce, but I'm pretty sure it looks like Bryce. So. Anyway, head household. Your opinion is the only one that matters, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I was like, I had no idea Bryce was such a charismatic speaker. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Stay close with that kid. He'll go far. Right. Yeah. Well, before we get really into it, let's say this came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu. It's one hour and 44 minutes, and it was directed by Jed Rostein. Mm-hmm. Jed. Is that short for something? Is it just Jed? Jebediah? Jebediah. No, yeah. <laughs> He's a 1840s prospector. Yes. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yes. We have three main people in this. Adam Newman is the most talked about when you think of Mm -hmm. WeWork, the company you think of Adam Newman, or you do now. I didn't even know about this company. I didn't either. His wife, Rebecca, and the co-founder of WeWork, Miguel McKelvey, who you hear about like once. I mean, this poor cat is just shoved in the background. Probably happy for it, but. Yeah, he might have survived a little bit better in the long run because of the lack of publication. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really hard to understand what was up with this goddamn company. I'm like, okay, it's a cult, right? Like, right? Yes. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it could be because I'm really fucking old. Okay. It could be because they never really explain it. They always explain it in these abstract kind of, we're trying to raise the world's consciousness. We're trying to change the world. Fuck off. You're renting office space. I Exactly. <laughs> it's like a lease. I mean, like they lease a building and then they lease out individual spaces to entrepreneurs or little companies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the whole thing. They didn't necessarily buy property, although I think there were some properties bought. 
but I don't know that that was for the company. I think Adam actually bought those and then the company leased shit from him at some point. So, but it was very difficult to understand how this scheme made $47 billion at some point or was valued at that. Let's say it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's say Adam Newman, much like, um, people we've talked about in the past, the Tinder swindler, the guy Mm -hmm. from fire festival, fucking Theranos. All of them have one thing in common. They can talk a really, really good game and they talk people into believing anything. Honestly, they're the best salespeople ever. Even you don't even really need a personality. Look at Elizabeth Holmes. She had zero personality and still she was very intense, very intense. And I think they all have a little bit of that. I think Adam was kind of, touting this purpose right there was a lot of talk about purpose and like we Mm -hmm. we work together a lot of kind of a mix between I don't know work and like life events I don't know it was really weird they had a lot of like kumbaya type stuff going on Mm -hmm. and this is mostly marketed towards millennials let's say that and yeah And that's great because, like, I really admire millennials because they care about the world in a way Mm -hmm. that Gen Xers like me just don't. (laughs) We just didn't. I mean, we tend to more now, but we really didn't give a shit about anything. We are kind of forgotten. And that's really evident now as you see, like, boomers fighting millennials and Gen Z. And so we're like, "Um, excuse me, we are also here. That's right. We have a piece of the pie. But, yeah, they there's just a lot of... We're going to change the world. We don't have to do things like people have done them before. And I mean, it's really admirable. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of fell on its face. Right. Yeah. So let's start. This opens in September of 2019. And they're kind of showing Adam in a suit making this video. But as he's stumbling through this video, because he's a really charismatic speaker, but apparently following a teleprompter is just not his jam. Yeah. Him and Trump, man. Neither one. Ooh. Anyway, so... While they're filming this, you can hear in the background all these like news headlines, like $47 billion to nothing in a matter of a week. And right. oh, we crashed and all this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit. How do you even mm-hmm. do that? Right. And then someone comments, this line really summed up everything. I like how they threw it right, right at the beginning. And it was quoted later on by an actual, I want to say, a professor. Mm-hmm. He said, if you tell a 37-year-old man that he's Jesus Christ, he's inclined to believe you. Yeah. You build them up enough, they're like, well, I must be invincible. Right. And so the scene that, that you're talking about is very professional. He's like walking around in a suit and like trying to be like, well, the idea is that blah, blah, blah. And then like just at some point he just farts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, to me, again, that's another one of like professionals don't do stuff like this. It was weird. But everybody laughed because I, I assume that's because you're so uncomfortable. So it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one told him that he was drinking cappuccinos. They kept calling it lattes because that's what he wanted to believe anyway. So that's kind of the mindset of just let him believe what he wants and we'll perpetuate that. Right. Nobody would would correct him. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we all need somebody like that in our life to be like, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some kind of structure and somebody just, I don't know, in the background to keep you grounded. Yeah. Head out of the clouds, like Mm -hmm. something like that. I like that Randall Lane, who's the chief content officer and editor at Forbes, because Mm -hmm. all of the reporters in this that talked about that were from Forbes, Mm -hmm. which was funny. I mean, it's a financial magazine, I guess. So, yeah, I like that he talked about Adam comes to 
the U.S. I believe he's Israeli, mm-hmm. and he kind of comes to the U.S. to hustle. He's he's hoping to get a unicorn, which is kind of the first time that they talked about this. But one of his first ideas was the baby crawlers. Yeah, which is a padded knee, like it's like a little pair of pants for babies with padded knees, and like somewhere somebody said something about because babies need that because they've been crawling around on their knees for millions of years and it was like okay please be accurate we have not been around for millions of years but thanks so <laughs> you know what I mean like it was hyperbole it's fine right yeah so yeah but he came here he stayed with his sister he was couch surfing his sister was here already she was a model and he had several inventions that just didn't go anywhere right mm-hmm. they don't really talk about how we were came about just that it was an idea him and Miguel had. This is after the crash, the housing crash, the market mm-hmm. crash of 2008. Yep. So everything was kind of changing. And Adam, every time he talks, it's just the most bullshit. It's He's selling. He's selling. Every time he's talking, he's selling it. And he says, we went out to build a business that's going to change the way people work, that's going to build on community and redefine success. The fuck does that even mean, dude? Just stop it. Yeah, on the surface, it sounds good, right? But it's super vague. Like, there's no substance to anything he says throughout this whole Mm -hmm. thing. And it's really annoying. A lot of good words, but they don't mean anything. Yes. So, what I kind of understood, it's like a work commune. That's what Mm -hmm. the business ends up being. And, Mm -hmm. again, they talk not about how initial funds were raised. They don't talk about how the process of this works. Mm -hmm. It's just all of a sudden they had a building and they made it look really nice and it was all transparent. And by that, I mean, there was just glass everywhere. There wasn't Mm -hmm. an opaque wall to be found. Nope. (laughs) Right. Even the bathroom. I mean, it's just wide open. I'm kidding. Sorry. I just, (laughs) well, that's what I was like. Oh, I find that very stressful because uh, I mean, distracting. Yeah. And I mean, at work, I think you need a little place to go to like collect your thoughts. And like, does I know when I run a meeting, that takes a lot of energy to like, make a good meeting and like, you know, Mm -hmm. be engaged and blah, blah, blah. And then like, it's nice to go back to the office and just, you know, kind of have a place where you can decompress and kind of check your emails and you don't have to be on. But if people are walking by and like can see you know, that just makes me stressed. And I was like, I wouldn't do it very well in an environment Mm -hmm. like that. But well, I get distracted so easily every time I see small mm-hmm. bible, like, what are they doing? Huh? What are they doing? <laughs> and, you know, a lot of these were startup businesses. You know, there's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of, you know, language involved that, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully has some more substance than Adams. You're trying to get things right to get people involved with this. And if you have all of that background distraction, mm-hmm. that would be difficult, at least yeah. for me. I agree. So... I don't know how many names you wrote down in this, but like there's Lisa Skye, who was an initial contributor. Uh, she was a mm-hmm. former mortgage, like a, like a mortgage broker. So she, I think, yeah. was helping with some of this, but I don't, again, know exactly what her role is. I'm just guessing that she helped out with that. But she was saying that they opened one of the buildings, one of the initial ones, it was 17 floors, completely finished office space in three weeks. So they were really moving through things quickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like the marketing was really amazing. It was attracting a lot of up-and-comers, which was, of course, the idea. Well, okay. So I'm going to step back just a minute. Please. Someone did talk about, like you had mentioned, that they wanted to create a work commune. So mm-hmm. both apparently both Adam and Miguel come from 
communes. They grew oh, up yes. in communes. Mm-hmm. So I run one in Oregon, one in Israel. So they were trying to create this community, which is admirable. I guess they had the only other people that had any kind of co-working environment was Regis, which was very sterile, kind of formal environment. Mm-hmm. And um, some described it as like walking into a dentist's office. I'm like, oh, yeah, no one wants to work in that. <laughs> so we were really took that and, and made it more palatable, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. And he said they created a community for small businesses, entrepreneurs, and freelancers. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what they never discuss about this, though, is a lot of people with small business entrepreneurs and freelancers, they don't have a whole lot of money up front. Right. How much does this cost? They never discuss that. And I guess it depends on where they are as well. But this starts in New York where real estate is fucking expensive. So, I mean, so to me, this is like brand name clothes, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're serious about your business, you're going to get into a place like that everybody's talking about. I don't know. That's just sort of how I felt about it. It's just flare like flash it's this is okay. you know what okay. I mean mm-hmm. so you know I, I don't know I don't know uh, they were saying that a lot of these businesses start in kitchens in New York City so mm-hmm. if people are looking for office space this is where they're going so I think as it gained popularity this is just you know people wanted to be part of it yeah be a part of something without having to work for the corporate yeah. man as it were which is fine yeah he does say it's the world's first in-person social network. And I'm like, um, isn't that kind of what everything was before <laughs> actual social network? Yes. I mean, every time you talk to someone, it's stupid. Right. And I think it's interesting, too, because this isn't like one company. It's like a bunch of little tiny companies. So I can appreciate the fact that people are interacting but I still think it's different. I, I've never worked in a place like this, right? I'm used right. to like, we all get together for this meeting or that meeting, and then we kind of split up again and, and whatever. But I think it's really interesting that there were all kinds of different things going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, yes, how are we working together when we're all working on completely different things? Right. So that is completely my question too. So Okay, you have an open workspace, so you can go work out there and, and bounce ideas off. But if you're a small business and startup, you're not bouncing ideas off someone else that's not part of your startup because it's proprietary and you don't want to give that information away. So you really don't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. Right. You just have a group of people around you. Right. So like the, these awesome meeting spaces and stuff like that, I'm like, who's meeting there? Right. I don't know. I don't know. And then also, I guess you could bring in clients to meet there if you have like investors. I suppose or something. that's true. That's like, yeah, that's that's a good point. So with Lisa Sky, so yes, yeah, she talks about how she met him at a local meeting or conference or something. She mm-hmm. happened talking to him. She wanted to change the mortgage world, which is yes. grand, especially considering what had just happened with the real estate <laughs> market. Yeah, she talks to him for a couple of minutes and then she decides to work for them instead. And that's, I'm like, okay, because at first I'm like, okay. Is she working for them or did she decide to rent space and do her business there? But she was an employee of theirs. And that's where that line is real thin for me because I don't know who works for them and who's just a renter or a member or whatever they call it. Right. There's a lot going on in this and the lines are absolutely not clearly drawn. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, because there are some other people that come in. Lebron, Lebron, how do you want to say that? Did you get him? Mm-hmm. The event planner. Event Teak. Is the name of his business, which mm-hmm. is pretty like I like that one. So he set up the WeWork summer camp, which on the surface to me sounded pretty cool. So you find out it's required. <laughs> yes. Then it's not so fun anymore, is it? Right. Okay. 
again, it's required for all employees. Mm-hmm. Employees or members or because there were a lot of people there. And that seems like a lot of people to be employed by a company that just rents out space. Mm-hmm. I'm so confused by this company. <laughs> I'm going to need it. a diagram and like, <laughs> yes. a, like a flow chart, if you don't mind. <laughs> well, what I liked about it was, so the footage from the first year was like, it was like a rave, right? It was like fire event, a fire festival that worked. That's what they kind of marketed it. So there's yeah. like people giving talks and there's music and there's places to stay. And so, I mean, like it looks really cool and people look like they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. The second one, which is the one that people were like, yeah, I had fun at the first time, but I didn't really want to go to the second one. They're like, no, you have to go. Mm-hmm. Looks like an event where people have to go. They're all sitting there. There's like zero energy. Like the first time there's like, it looks like glitter bombs going off everywhere. It just, it looks like a music festival. And the second one, it looks like a corporate event that you had to go to. <laughs> yeah. They talk about like eight hours of talks they have to listen to before they then start partying. I'm like, okay. And what's unfortunate is those eight hours of talks are from Adam, Miguel, and Rebecca, and they're probably saying the same exact thing they said the last time, and the next time, and the time before, and the time after. They say the same thing every time. But it's like, the again, the first time, like, people are holding hands, and they're, like, mm-hmm. chanting, and it's like, they're into it. And the second time, they're making you hold hands and chant and sing along to stuff. And, I mean, you could mm-hmm. just tell that everybody was, like, okay. I mean, like, it's really funny to see, the to me, the differences between, you know, the footage for those two things. Yeah. I was cracking up. I don't know if it was the second time, but it was later yeah. on. I mean, it, it definitely went downhill fast. Again, the minute you tell people all of these events are required, that's when the fun just gets sucked out of it. Right. There's no enrichment now. It's just mm-hmm. some other shit I have to do. And like, this is a real right. corporate culture of like, we're going to hustle and we're going to grind. And this is how we're going to do. And like, okay. One time Adam actually down. said, Work until you die. And I was like, the yeah. fuck? I thought you were like yeah. anti that shit. Yeah, it's, it's all about us. But you guys do the work. That'd be great. They talk about changing the world and they use all of these lovely words. But then in the end, they're like, you need to fucking work harder. You need to work more. You need to bring more to me. Because mm-hmm. they're paying these kids. They're luring these millennials in. A lot of them, their first job out of right. school. They're right. paying them lower salaries. Right. And then giving them stock options. The company's not public yet. It's the yeah. idea of stock <laughs> options. Yeah, sounds great in theory, but mm-hmm. but again, I think it speaks to the fact that this is, you know, these are people that are really wanting more than just money. It's, you know, people are motivated by all kinds of different things. So it could right, be title, right. could be money, it could be blah, blah, blah. But these people wanted to to work for a place that they felt good about their contributions. Like we are changing things. It's going to be worth my time to be associated with this. And then as it goes on, it just kind of shits out completely. (laughs) It's, it's so hard. You get pulled in by his passion and his energy and you get pulled in, but that's only going to sustain you when nothing is actually moving forward and you're just being ground down to nothing. Yeah. And you can barely afford to survive or whatever the circumstances. Eventually Mm -hmm. it comes out that you're just talking shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Adam does also have a bit of a Jesus vibe, I wrote down. He does, yeah. And at these fucking events, there's a bunch of gongs, which I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's just like, <sighs> that's just, you know, it's that like, again, 
sounds great in the surface. And then as we kind of get into this, I'm like, that's dumb. That's I think they had them too. at some of their sites too. Like yes. the actual working buildings. They had a yes. gong in there. I'm like, okay. What I would have laughed at is if they hit the gong and all that glass shattered. <laughs> and I'm like, that. oh, that sucks. But yeah. I didn't quite hit that. So do you want to talk about August Irish? Irish? Oh, I was going to talk about Megan Mello. Okay, go ahead. So Megan Mello was Adam's assistant. Mm-hmm. One thing I really liked about her is she described millennials. She said, millennials don't just want a job. They don't just want a career. They want a calling. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love yeah. that they're like, listen, we want to make a difference. We don't want to make a difference for you. We want to make a difference for either everybody or at least me, right? My thoughts are that seems really fucking exhausting. That's a really lofty goal. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's nice just to be like, I'm going to go on and push some buttons. I'm going to go home. But I'm just lazy, I guess. I'm okay with that. But she discusses how happy people were. Like, it was mm-hmm. easy to get drawn in. And she was so ready to change the world with this. And mm-hmm. And she's not the only one. Uh, several people, when they came in, said people were really happy working there. Yeah. It was a good environment. It was a good culture. They loved it. And that makes me really sad when when you know it didn't end well. So it's, hmm. Well, there are a lot of good things going on at these offices, too. There are coffee bars. There are regular bars. There's all kinds of kegs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems like a place where they... Plays just as hard as they work, which is also something Adam touted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I love that about millennials that they're like, look, we've seen in the past that what our parents' generations or generations before us, like this whole money grab for yourself, didn't really end up working. So we we want more than that. And mm-hmm. God love them. They just, I'm glad they've got that kind of enthusiasm because I certainly don't. No, I don't either. Or the energy. <laughs> yeah. But also in this day and age, you know, we've proven that this trickle-down economics, as we said before, does not oh, fucking so work for stupid. anyone, yes. but the five people at the top. So if you're not going to get paid enough to live well, you might as well enjoy your job. Yeah. Right? There's got to be some kind of balance. Yeah. But yeah, I liked her. She was in and out throughout the documentary talking about working for him, how excited she was, and then kind of once she was in a different department, how being removed from him all the time made mm-hmm. it easier to see how a lot of it was bullshit because mm-hmm. you're not being fed that all the time. And how much different it was on the other side, away from Adam. If you weren't surrounded by that kind of energy all the time, it looks a little bit different. Well, I also think this is kind of coming back to that dangling carrot theory, right? Like you tell people enough stuff and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm in for a while. And then when it doesn't happen and it's difficult and stuff, I mean, I think that people get disillusioned and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think that's what a lot of times corporations and stuff miss out on. And I think that's part of the story as well. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. August Urbish. Yes. Former WeWork, We Live member, We Everything member. <laughs> oh my God, this cat. I really like him. It's not him. It's oh, the yeah. things that he did <laughs> with the We company that I'm like, oh, well, that sounds horrible. Yeah. His friend had called him and said, hey, we have this new thing, this mm-hmm. new We thing, and it's going to be yeah. amazing, and we want you. Would you be willing to break your lease to join some exclusive thing? And he's like, mm-hmm. could I have a day or two to think about it? And they're like, no, I, I need to know now. <laughs> Anytime someone says that, just say no, people. Just say no. It's a scam. Yes. <laughs> every, t- every time. That time-sensitive thing, scam city. So, Yeah. So he's like, okay, okay, fine, I'll do it. And then he gets an invitation. He said, a la eyes wide shut. Like there was like 
be at this place in time. That's it. Nothing right. else. No other information. Here's the password. Fidelio. And that's it. I'm like, it was so <laughs> weird. And they showed, they showed Eyes Wide Shut footage, which made me yeah. laugh super yeah. hard. Yeah. So this is We Live, a living community, but the little spaces were tiny. Well, your individual space was tiny, yeah. but there was a lot of common space. So again, they're trying to push this commune idea mm-hmm. and having people interact more mm-hmm. together. Listen, I don't even like interacting with my family, so <laughs> fuck off with that shit, right? I want my space. Again, there's no talk about like, it's okay to have some privacy. Like you don't have to be like hanging out with people all the time. Like I, I can't imagine anything more stressful. Mm-mm. Do you know who had a cult community that also didn't work out very well? Charles Manson. <laughs> they were all about the, the commune. So I think it's been proven over time not to work well for most people. Yeah, you, it's okay to just ha- have a little something for yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, my favorite part about this is that they call him specifically and say, hey, oh, yeah. you need to break your lease and come do this. And then once he gets there, there's like 500 other people. And they're like, listen, you're going to have to write us an essay on why we should pick you. Fuck off. You're the one who <laughs> called me. No. And he had to write, yeah, like, uh, this is like an awesome place. Just like a 500 word essay or some stupid shit like that. An essay. Mm-mm. An essay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. Like it's college. Right. 100%. What else did we learn about the people that live at We Live? They're all single. They're all single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of them work at WeWork. Well, yeah. I think the majority, I think they said a very small percentage yes. were not yes. we people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he discussed how their your entire life becomes we, right? Yeah. I mean, because you're working at the WeWork, you're living at WeLive. You don't really have any outside interaction with people anymore. Like even people who would come in and visit them for outside never came back. That should be a sign. That should be yep. a sign. I will say that the one thing I really did like is the Murphy bed. I've always thought they were fun and I wanted them when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. And like I said, these are really lovely spaces. It's not like they're Mm -hmm. shitty. It's just, they're just, I don't know. Forced interaction. Yeah. Yeah. He would talk about like, they would get a little heads up, like, I don't know, half an hour before, an hour before they're going to have investors walk through. So they all had to be out in the space and act like they're having a great time. They had like a song by like, biggie on loop just so it was ready for when they walked through and they were staged this like fun party and i'm like again that should be a sign that this is not a good place to work or live nothing says authenticity like a song on loop yeah. <laughs> it made me think of like it made me think of something at epcot center right <laughs> people just sitting in a chair running by oh my god so funny <laughs> yeah that's weird it's weird and there are some circumstances where communes work well Mm -hmm. but it's very very far and few between most people don't have that kind of mentality that they want to be with people all the time so yeah you've got to be selective about who you choose for that for it to work well I think too like there's some options to leave if you don't like it Mm -hmm. all the stories that we talk about it's like no you're here for life thanks yes Mm -hmm. so anyway do you want to talk about some New York real estate stuff yeah I mean I think it's pretty common bullshit right i mean most of the new york real estate is owned by old white men and their families families yeah it's uh it stays within the families and what was i think what was interesting to me about this is that it's not like he came in and broke into this real estate world they were actually all about him coming in because he was Mm -hmm. leasing their space right 
so they get more, you know, they get money from him. Mm-hmm. They still get to own their space. So all the old white men at the top win. Yay. Hmm. Right. hundred percent. I like that. Like JP Morgan made a big investment in them because they were such a hot commodity. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you think that all that money went to modular couches? Because there were a lot of modular couches in these spaces, which, which are amazing. I, mm-hmm. I have no shade to throw on those, but it was just really funny because I'm like, hmm, they really, uh, they really set the market on that. Mm-hmm. I like that in one interview, a woman asked, she said, so you guys are kind of like a real estate company wrapped in like a tech wrapping, mm-hmm. right? Because they're kind of marketing themselves as this tech yeah. company and they have yeah. nothing to do with tech. So, and Adam was like, no, we are definitely not real estate. He said, we're a group of creators. We leverage technology for community. But again, that says nothing. Like, does he not want to be known as a real estate company because that's old and boring? I, because he's trying to do something new. Everything is mm. new. But it's not new. People have rented space for a long time. You did make it more aesthetically pleasing, palatable. It's not like a cube world. Right. So let's real quick go back. So the valuation of this company they're kind of showing as we go through this right mm-hmm. so we worked valuation in 2012 was 97 million in 2014 the valuation was 5 billion seems like a jump yeah they became the largest leasee in all of new york city just snatching up buildings <laughs> and then building them out right leasing great option can we talk about rebecca oh i'd love to talk about rebecca what an interesting cat she is. She's an actress. Not the word I'd use. I don't think she's interesting at all. Oh, I don't either. I didn't <laughs> yes. yeah, be facetious. But... Facetious, yeah. Yeah. Actor, yeah. I mean, anyone can call themselves an actor. Sure. Right. There are times I act at work. <laughs> I still like to say actor. Yeah. Um, I act like I like people every day. I don't know. <laughs> I like the fact that she's Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin. And she doesn't hesitate to name drop that shit. And I'm like, you know, you're a big deal when you're like, well, the only thing interesting about me is someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. At what point do you think Gwyneth was like, please stop? Right. She had an office in WeWork because of her acting shit. I don't know. She starts off like renting an office, renting, I use Cody Fingers, yeah, an Cody office Fingers, yeah. WeWork. But I think she slowly merges into not a partner, but some chief of something or other, right? They give her a title. Right. I don't know what triggers this, but she seems to move alongside Adam and that like helps force Miguel like more to the side than he was before. Yeah. She's always there. Yeah. She seems like she's a very intense human being, but she really brings all the woo into the situation. Yes. Lots of spiritualism. And like, again, I'm, I'm not knocking on that but if I were working there I think I would find it real real annoying (laughs) oh it would drive me crazy job please please quit forcing your beliefs on me right that's kind of what it comes down to right yes and she is for me a little bit difficult to look at because she is so thin and okay this is coming from someone who lived through the 90s where heroin chic was very 100 percent she is even so much thinner than that she looks malnourished to me like I just want to feed her and make her feel better like some cheesecake or something yeah I don't know that she's had any I mean she looks like she suffers for her art let's say it 
that yeah, way. perhaps. You know what I mean? Like I understand some people are just very yeah. naturally thin. I get that. Oh but yeah. She she looks unhealthy. Like possibly yeah. sick. Skeletal. Yes. <laughs> Almost. Yes. And there's like a lot of weird stuff, and I don't know that this is directly a result of her, but they kind of lead you to believe. Did you get notes on the onboarding meetings on Monday mornings? Okay, yes. Is this onboarding for employees? Is this onboarding for members? <laughs> is this onboarding? What the fuck is this? I don't get it. I don't it. know. But I love it that they have these videos of the mythology of WeWork. <laughs> yeah. And CWOs. CWOs. That's what they call them. CWOs. Propaganda. That's all this is. <laughs> and they were talking about there's a lot of really weird stuff going on, like a lot of loud music is piped through a bunch of this stuff and people are like, oh my God, we couldn't even work. So the propaganda videos kind of pan up the food chain, right? So you're seeing a lot of the CWOs at the top. Strangely enough, not a diverse group. What? I mean, coming from someone who came from Israel, they're all about diversity in Israel. I don't know what you've been told, <laughs> but. I wrote down like, they think of diversity like an old, old wooden ship. And that's, <laughs> that's really about it. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, there's fucking chanting all the time. And all the perks start to go up to the fat cats at the top. To me, this is sort of people saying, these were the first indications that we got that shit's going awry. Well, and those kinds of things like fun all the time, or we're going to have a fun dance break or something weird in the middle of the day. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Like in the first month. But eventually you do want to get work done. You are paying, in theory, to rent space there. Mm -hmm. You would like to get stuff done and make money as well. And that is a distraction. And uh, I just, it's like a frat house. <laughs> I don't know how you get anything done in a frat house. How do any people who live in frat houses graduate? I don't know. I don't either. Again, lack of privacy. I, I'm a, mm -hmm. I like people, but I also like to be like, and now I'm going to walk away from you and go to a private space where I can just listen to my podcast or music mm -hmm. or whatever and just have some oblivion or time to myself like that's really important mm -hmm. and they seem to be completely oblivious to that at this jam so agreed mm. I would have been happy if they had panned through the office space and you would have seen someone who put like huge like blinds or like a <laughs> privacy screen up or something yeah. just to piss others off um, well, again, I think that there were probably rules we didn't get to talk about. I mean, they didn't share any of that. But well, there were contracts. When you sign a lease, there are contracts, yes. right? Yeah. So, you know, we learn about how people break those every now and then. As of 2016, the valuation of the company is now at $16.9 billion with a B dollars. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of fucking money for renting office space. It's a lot of unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about how now the offices are getting more cramped. And, you know, Adam is like, we need to like double, triple, quadruple up. We need to be really together. Like they try to sell it as just more togetherness when in the end, they're just like, we just want more money for same amount of space. And also my office is still really, really big. So yes, I'm fine. Palatial. That's what they had to say about that. <laughs> Palatial. Right. Mm -hmm. It becomes a lot more corporate in my, my humble opinion, because Everything in corporate, every corporation I've worked for gets to a point where they're like, do more with less, do more with less. And that's exactly what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. So you are now no different than anybody else. Well done, sir. Well but done. we say the right words. Mm -hmm. We say the words like quality and safety. And so it's fine. 
I think Joanna Strange might be my one of my heroes of this story. I love her, yes. So she's a project manager of some variety at WeWork or for WeWork in the same group as everyone else. We're like, I don't know. Yeah. So I like the fact that she's like, well, I'm doing multiple jobs and her own supervisor's job to the mm-hmm. point where he's like, here's my password and shit. Just go ahead and take care of everything for me. Mm-hmm. So she inadvertently, question mark, comes across an email saying that here's a list of the 7% of people that I've been challenged to fire. And she's on that list, which is bold. Yeah, she reads down further, sees that it is a mandate for them to cut, you know, employees by 7%. Mm -hmm. And her boss was like, haha, bitches, I win. I cut more than 7%. That's that's a really weird brag. Okay, one reason I'm happy that I'm Gen X is I don't write shit down. There are no videos and Mm -hmm. there's no fucking pictures. There are very few pictures. (laughs) Next (laughs) factor. I like there's. There's like four There's pictures. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a technological age. But yeah, it's like, I, I love when people put this shit in writing. And I'm like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. If you watched nary a movie or mm-hmm. read a book that's like, well, they would have been fine if they didn't write that shit down. Mm-hmm. And email is permanent. Let's just say that. It as is well. forever. Yeah. And then he gives his password to somebody who's doing his job. And then just assumes everything will be fine. Yeah. It's his choice to have her do everything for him. Yes. Yep. So what does she do with this information? Um, She goes to the reporters. I have Alex Conrad written down. I didn't write it down. I just, yep. She took it to the reporter. She's like, you know what? Here you go. Right. And so there's also a blurb about they have, uh, there's something about needing to adjust a revenue down like 80%, which seems significant. Because they're... (laughs) hemorrhaging money they're yes. hemorrhaging i think the big overall thing that you find out later is they were always hemorrhaging money this company mm-hmm. never really made money and they covered up by saying well we're growing we're growing you like take your profits and reinvest in the company mm-hmm. but they were never really doing that it was just um mm-hmm. they just kept getting more and more investors and more and more money dumped in yeah kind of like a pyramid scheme right <laughs> yes like there was yes. just there was nothing coming out. It was just this monster of like, mm-hmm. well, we have to open more shit. And they, I don't know, they didn't worry about the stuff that had happened before that. Uh, right. So one of the new investors that Adam is trying to get, because, you know, they are still hemorrhaging money, is, I don't know if he's the CEO or the owner of SoftBank. The owner. The owner. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's called Masa. And he has, at this time, he was raising what he called the vision fund. He was, he raised a hundred billion dollars and he said singularity was his vision and some technology bullshit, Mm -hmm. but that was solely invested into AI. So what you're saying is this man has never seen a single Terminator movie, has never watched the matrix, has never seen any (laughs) sci-fi movie ever. Right, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Thanks, Hal. I have that he's a fan of robot overlords. Yes. Like, he's just, he can't wait to get those robot overlords in here. Also, at this point, I'm going to say to the people of the world, I'm available to help you name your fucking stuff. Because SoftBank is a terrible name (laughs) for a big time anything. It sounds weak. This is where mollusks invest. (laughs) Maybe it sounds a lot harsher in Japanese. Okay, that could be. This could be a translation issue. I love that you brought that up because I'm like, okay, vision fund, slightly Mm -hmm. better. 
it's it's okay. But I'm just saying, if you're striking fear in the hearts of your enemies, SoftBank's not going to get you there. No, it's not. So yeah, the problem is, so Adam's trying to get Masa to invest, right? Because he's got mm. all the money in the world, apparently. He does. But Masa thought WeWork was overvalued and easily replicated, which, yeah, I really agree with you. <laughs> Why can't just anybody do this? It doesn't seem like too magical. Yeah. yeah. But Adam finally talks him into getting a tour. They have a two-hour tour scheduled. He doesn't show up until 12 minutes before the tour is over. And he's like, listen, yep. you got 12 minutes. Good luck. So he shows him around for 12 minutes. And then he's like, got to go. But he let Adam come with him on the ride. Right. He asks Adam in a fight, who wins? The smart guy or the crazy guy? To which Adam says, the crazy guy. And Masa said, yes, but you're not crazy enough. Do we really think that's the best way to make things happen to make people more crazy i just think this is like one of those things that they like this is like a psychologically designed question to really parse out where and i'm like that's a stupid fucking it is because the smart guy never would be in the fight in the begin with so they win yeah i'm like that's like so obvious to me like be cool be like a bear and a shark like okay Mm -hmm. like then you got some debate i got you yeah but masa still gives him four billion dollars he certainly does the amount of money that's discussed in this documentary is disgusting. I mean, it's just, staggering. That's it. It's, I'm like, there's that much money in the world. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's amazing. They're like, yeah, go ahead. We'll just let you have this $4 billion. And if you could just think bigger, that'd be great. Bigger, faster, stronger, mm-hmm. just like $6 million. Right. Man. So yeah, in 2017, the valuation is now $20 billion. Mm-hmm. And WeWork is accelerating their global expansion, right? Mm -hmm. They talk about how they stopped being good negotiators. They didn't give a fuck. Like they were like, listen, we're going to sign a lease with this company. um, We're going to rent space. It's going to be free for the first six to eight months. And then they'll start paying because, you know, we want to get them in there and give them a chance. That company was like Microsoft or something that clearly they have the money to pay for space. Yeah. Well, this is the tactic that drug dealers use. So they tell me. (laughs) Right. You know, I was kind of promised I would get offered drugs every time I walked out of my house and I've never, well, I won't say never. I did in New York once I got out of a cab and some guy said, you want some crack? (laughs) But I said no. (laughs) And you were like, no, (laughs) thanks. I'm good. I'm all cracked out. Yeah. It seems a little harsh. Mm -hmm. Sure. All cracked out. Okay. Well, with this crazy growth comes the fact that they can't keep up with the openings Mm -hmm. and like, she's just not ready. And nothing says we've got it together like ladders and painting still being done on the day of your opening. Yeah. So. That really uh, promises good things to come is what it does. Mm -hmm. And they're also opening more we stuff. So they have like the we live we discussed and then we grow, Mm -hmm. which was like Rebecca's big thing. She wanted to open a school because she didn't feel like any of these top tier private schools in New York City or California, I think she mentions, would really cater to the growth of her children's spirituality and their soul. Well, what are you doing as a parent? Like, let them learn at school, and then you can contribute to their growth as a spiritual person. What job do you have? So, in some of this discussion, they were like, yeah, the tuition for this is like 30 or 40 grand. So I'm like, really accessible for the we of the world. So let's just float that on Mm -hmm. out there. And as a person who thinks that, I mean, I personally think that school could be done better. I I don't like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like 
there's a lot of pressure on kids. It probably starts earlier all the time. So I think that there's probably some good that can be had from reevaluating some of sure. this stuff because it's like pressure on teachers, which is horrible, mm-hmm. pressure on students, which is horrible, instead of like, where's the joy of learning? Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate the fact that maybe she's like, I can make a difference, but the way she goes about it is so borked. <laughs> she really does. There are some countries who really have, I think, done a good job of re-evaluating their education system and changing it. And it has helped, right? Yeah. Learn from that as opposed to saying, I know better. I know everything. Right. And I'm going to design a curriculum based on yoga. Now, yoga is awesome. And I think it should be thrown <laughs> yeah. into every school. Sure. For a half an hour. But you know, <laughs> not like your whole <laughs> curriculum. Right. But again, it's all about like, we're like, it's not enough for us that we're going to completely revolutionize how work is and done living or how you're mm-hmm. living. But now we're going to bring them kids into it. Mm-hmm. But they can't live at the we live place because that would be nobody's going to be communal with all them kids all over the place. We'll just keep <laughs> well, that like communing. Okay. Will result in kids. Ugh. So they need to keep that in mind too. Yeah. But I mean, the space that they create, of course, is beautiful and it's like, partial McDonald's playground, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know, they didn't show anything else, but boy, there were a lot of white kids there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> a lot of, Sorry. Yeah. It's just like, you can't talk about we and then be completely exclusive. Like, stop it. I mean, you can. They've proven they clearly can. It's a dick move. Yeah. I mean, she's the one that touts all the time. The mission of the collective we is to elevate the world's consciousness. What the fuck, lady? You're running an office space and maybe teaching preschoolers. How is that elevating the world's consciousness? That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. I don't know. I mean, that gong, she must really think that's relaxing (laughs) or something. I'm not sure. I'm telling you. It's just amazing. Do you want to talk about the Derek Thompson interview with Adam? Sure. He was just discussing, he's kind of popping up throughout the documentary, and he talks about, he got an opportunity to like grill Adam about what they do. And of course, it's like the most TED talk of answers about this like circular weird Mm -hmm. shit. And it's just really annoying. And Derek just mentions that he was upset with himself that he didn't grill him a little bit more. He was like, I tried to nail him down. He weaseled his way out of it. But again, it's the same kind of speech over and over again. It's just very odd and like nonspecific and it's maddening. It is. And also it's, he mentioned that, you know, he kind of fell for the charisma as well. So that's one of the reasons he didn't grow. And like, he asked him a couple questions and Adam comes out with this energy and you're like, okay, you know, you just kind of take it and move on. And then later you think, wait a minute, what happened there? Well, too, I think he threw him off because he was talking about the way the room was set up because not only was it you know, it's filmed. So of course we got to Mm -hmm. see it, but it was a live thing. So there were, there was an audience and Adam comes in and he's like, you've set this up all wrong. Like there's like, it's not kind of in front of the me, me stage. It's kind of spread out. Yeah. It was really weird. And I'm like, so you're disarming people. Like you're catching them off guard with these like weird observations that seem really deep. And it's like, okay, you, you have some sense of how a room should be set up for a conference. For feng shui. <laughs> so, but yeah, so all the energy yeah. is supposed to be right here and there's no one there. It's the whole energy, man. He's just, he's so deep, man. Yeah. yeah. So deep that he would say to his people, I could fire all of you and do it all myself. <laughs> That's a fucking bold statement for people who are probably working 12, 14 hour days for you. You know? Yeah. 
because you have this vision and they've bought into it and now they feel like they've invested so much of themselves they have to see it come to fruition right much to me like theranos the folks yeah theranos or the fire Mm -hmm. squad the one i was going to mention because it's like we've seen it through this far surely we've seen the worst and it's got to get better at some (laughs) point and you're like oh no it doesn't history has proven that it's okay to be like we out so yeah yeah i don't know justin zen Mm-hmm. was a WeWork member, so I don't believe he was an employee. He was a mm-hmm. member because he had his own company, yep. but I did not catch the name of it. Yep. So somehow or other, I'm not exactly sure how this works because I'm as tiny lady brain. <laughs> um, he had some bots that kind of dug through files on the interwebs and they found trend and showing that for uh, WeWork, there was a rising member turnover mm-hmm. rate. So The whole time we talk about how many people are renting space in these buildings. We never talk about how many people are fed up with all the goddamn chanting and the gongs Mm -hmm. and they leave. Yep. This is what where Justin comes in. They don't Um, advertise it. One of the things they say is like people come and they never leave. I mean, that was kind of one of their selling points, right? Right. But Justin says he finds, you know, some indications that that's not the case. And there's the trend is rising and people are leaving faster and faster. Mm -hmm. Also, this wonderful internal social network that Adam has been cramming down people's throats, it goes unused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yep. So they post a blog about mm-hmm. it, and almost immediately, the company is not happy about it. So they're like, hey, can you take that down? And he's like, because we're fucking adorable. Yep, nope. Then somebody comes and knocks on his cube and's like, get the fuck you out. Got 30 minutes so he gets, to pack his shit. Yeah, he has to leave. And I'm like, that really says something about a company too, right? When you can take zero criticism. Oh yeah, that's always going to end well. Mm-hmm. So it was the community manager that kicked him out. What mm-hmm. the fuck? That just sounds like babysitter. That's what that name sounds like, babysitter. It's a hall monitor. Yes. In my opinion, yeah. But the community manager said that he had breached the contract, right? And the contract, yeah. that the happiness clause or some shit like that. It was some weird <laughs> fucking nonsense. And I'm like, what? There's a hat like... I need to see that contract. <laughs> see the happiness clause. Yeah. Or whatever they called it. You hope that you would read it and be like, eh. you know what I mean? <laughs> like That seems real stupid. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to say because that's very nondescript. Yeah. I don't know. Did you get the name of the professor? Scott Galloway. Thank you. You are welcome. He's the one that said that WeWork is the most overvalued private company in the world, that even mm-hmm. if you add up the worth of all the buildings they're releasing, it was far, far short. I mean, in the millions, not billions even, short of what they were, the company had a valuation for. So that's pretty impressive when you think about it. Now, I know I know a company isn't just the building it's in, but considering he's leasing real estate, it kind of is the building it's in, you know? Well, and this guy didn't fall for the charm, right? He mm-hmm. was like, you guys lease desks, like calm down everyone. Right. And so <laughs> I was just like, yes, I love the coolers mm-hmm. in this whole to do. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the part where they kind of talk about they were basically making up their own finances, right? They were. Yeah. So there's a standard way that you evaluate uh, or you, you kind of discuss what your profits are. And it's, I don't know how they pronounce it, EBITDA, I-B-I-T-D-A, which stands for a lot of stuff. Uh huh. But that's how all companies evaluate their profits, right? It has to do with money in, money out, bills. What's what mm-hmm. you got going on here, right? But if they did their evaluation that way, 
they would show that they were just hemorrhaging money every fucking year. Right. So what they decided to do was come up with a community-adjusted E-B-I-T-D-A. How did they pronounce that? Do you remember? I don't remember either. I say we go with Ibiza because that's Ibiza, fun yeah. for me, but that's this is not nothing to do with it actually. <laughs> yeah, Abita, Abita, I don't know, whatever they pronounce it as. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they could show they made a profit if they just disregarded a lot of the bills they had to pay <laughs> and uh, and the expenses. And I'm like, you can't just ignore expenses. That's just not how it works. But they did. It's pretty fucking impressive. That to me is when you're living in a whole different world that you think it's okay. We're going to do this and no one will care. Right. So there's a standard way that you figure this stuff out and they're completely off script and they're like, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, okay. All right. We all feel good about this then. But yeah, they, this is kind of also the time that they start talking about Adam's completely money blind, like just not really with the program anymore. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's, I mean, if there's nobody in your life that's telling you that a latte is a latte. Right. And I don't know how we're supposed to avoid these kinds of situations. That started early, right? Everyone should have seen that. Yeah. And I'm like, this has got to change. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, so they're talking about going public. So they're working on documentation to go public. He's trying to get more money from Masa. And they're mm-hmm. working on this Project Fortitude, which would make SoftBank the majority owner in WeWork, right? So they're mm-hmm. going back and forth, kind of negotiating, getting this done. Mm-hmm. And they say that at one point in time, WeWork was burning essentially $100 million a week. A week? Yeah, a week. Unbelievable. And so with stuff like that, with numbers like that, Masa, you know, eventually is like, you know, my investors aren't very happy because right. he's working right. with the Saudis because, you know, they got a shit ton of money and they're trying to right. divest from oil and get into tech. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't like this cat. Right. Right. I, I don't blame him. So he has to call Adam and say, listen, the deal's off. There's no more money. There's no more money coming in. To which Adam becomes somewhat erratic after that. I mean, he was a little right. before. Because Adam believed that this was done. He he believed mm-hmm. this was totally going to happen, that, that the paperwork was, I mean, <laughs> figuratively signed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, um, I don't know, kind of sweet comeuppance if you really want to know it how is. I feel about it. It yeah. is. But this is a time where they're talking about going public as well. So he has to save face, mm-hmm. right? He still has investors. Oh, he has yeah. a board. So he goes on essentially a PR kind of campaign. He brings <laughs> along Ashton Kutcher <laughs> to try to make that happen. Oh, right. Ashton. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with the Ashton Kutcher, I guess. But no. I'm, I'm like, oh, it's I mean, I, he's a tech investor in some regard. Yeah. So I, I don't know that. But when I saw that, I was like, OK, like the guy that did punked, that's <laughs> that's who we're bringing out to, like, calm people's fears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's hilarious. I will say that he was in school at some point in time for like microbiology or some neurobiology mm-hmm. or something um he wasn't sure. going to like the medical field i believe so that doesn't mean he got very far i don't know he could have just enrolled in that at some point in time and dropped that as mm-hmm. a freshman but i would like to think sure. he's smarter than what is portrayed well and there's more to the story probably than i know as a right. you know geriatric um, <laughs> practically in these days like that's not going to be a big name that like resonates like cool head decision making to me he's right, just the right. guy from that 70s so. <laughs> right. although right. he did marry Demi so that's probably all right but um and then divorced her and married yeah Kunis. Probably, uh, yeah yeah who is also a lo- lovely human being yeah so. yeah yeah so Adam is saying things that are 
completely false in this. <laughs> and I love that someone says that. They make that comment. Like, he's going on this PR thing, and he's, he's saying all these completely false statements. I'm like, every time he speaks, he says bullshit. And now you're going to call him on it? Everything right. he's ever said is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say that he was going to be president of the world? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that was earlier. So now you're thinking that he's going to be like, oh, this is, is this thing on? And that's, you know what I mean? Like he's been here for a while. Yeah. Catch up. (laughs) So they go to, (laughs) they write their S1. This is a document that every company has to Mm -hmm. create prior to going public. And it's essentially selling your company to investors like this. this, Mm -hmm. It's very formal it's mm-hmm. all dollars and cents and money because your investors need to see what you have, where it's going, what's coming, all of it, right? This is your dating profile. Yes, for mm-hmm. Wall Street. Yes. But they decided to write it like a sales pitch for, I don't know. Oh my God, I'm not interested in business, but I might be interested in reading this. Oh my God, everyone, <laughs> everyone crapped on it. They said it was laughable <laughs> laughable yeah because yeah. they're all like talking feelings and sunshine and butterfly type shit when people are like listen you talk about how much money you're losing in this you just kind of bury it in there but it's there we see you're losing money right a couple times people were like did did no one read this like did they not have someone read over this like no pr person a took lawyer? a lawyer yeah <laughs> Oh my God. Well, they talk about how in this, it does discuss how Adam did buy buildings and then rented them to WeWorks for the nice sum of about $700 million. Right. That we rented the trademark we from Adam for $7 million. How the fuck you trademark right. we? Come on now. I mean, he's bold. I'll give him that. Oh my God. It's amazing. Oh, it's gross. They say the CEO is normally mentioned like, I don't know, 12 to 30 times or something like that mm-hmm. in an S1. The CEO was mentioned 170 times. This one. Yeah. Like they're really banking on him being their selling point. Right. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca makes a couple lovely appearances. She shouldn't be in there as much as she is. Like she gets to name the CEO or some shit like this. And people are Successor like, what is that? she doing in here? Yeah. Yeah. Because she's really on the coattails of him. I mean, I think it appears that way. I think in reality, she has a lot more influence over him than... Oh, absolutely. Right? And this kind of shows how much influence she has. Mm-hmm. People see him and don't think much about her. So every now and then she has to kind of put herself in there and be like, hey, I'm here too. But in reality, she's probably more forceful than he is. Right? But I think she's like Rasputin, right? Like she really shouldn't... I mean, she's <laughs> sort of a whatever like on the side she's a little cleaner but other than yeah absolutely <laughs> and her penis is probably not as big I mean, historically <laughs> I don't that's know what they say she might have a huge penis <laughs> I hope so her spirit penis is huge <laughs> her spirit wiener giant <laughs> I'm really glad that they were bringing this back this is maybe the best worst thing I've ever said yeah yeah if we ever have merch there will be a spirit wiener yes mm-hmm. yes 100 percent. okay so so the valuation of the we world starts to plummet pretty quickly after the S1 comes out. Yes. Yep. That's where we come to this video that we saw at the very beginning. So they have a two week period to like market themselves to the investors, right? It's called a roadshow. So they have two weeks before they go public that they're supposed to be like, Hey, 
Look what we can do. This is your video dating profile. Yeah. So he's supposed mm-hmm. to be making this video and he like avoided doing it. He put it off. Mm-hmm. I mean, they spent so much money, people just waiting on him all the time. And when he finally shows up, he just can't get it together. He's having a hard time. Spectacularly so. Like people were like, is he okay? <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, I also like the fact that they had set up several shoots to get this done with him and he didn't just didn't show just complete mm-hmm. avoidance of reality and what's going on. And um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of dollars wasted for him right. not showing up. They decide the morning after this horrible shoot that uh, they're not going to go public just yet. Mm-hmm. They've decided yep. to wait. It's not the right time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is hard because you have to remember that these employees have been promised this huge payout. They've yep. been there busting their ass. And now they're like, okay, here it comes. Here comes the payout. And then they're like, right. no, you're not getting anything. So, and I mean, and you kind of get the feeling that his eccentricities are impeding them. And so I think there's maybe even a sense of like, okay, you know, we're going to get out from underneath this, right? Like mm-hmm. if we go public, there'll be some different things that need to happen. But he gets in the way of that because he is nuts. Yeah. So they have to put that on pause. However, there are moves in the background to get him out. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a Wall Street article that comes out that's not very flattering about him. I, I wrote that he's being eccentric, but that's not the right word because you can be lovably eccentric. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what he was doing. He's being erratic, right? Yeah. And yeah. that is, yeah. I think the eccentricities were cool at the beginning and it helped but now it's been pushed to clearly erratic it's just not good for the company or anybody around him i'm sure right yeah so the board asked him to step down as ceo but you know i would feel really bad for him (laughs) if they didn't give me 1.7 billion with the b dollar payout Fuck's sake, these people ruining these companies and getting these bailouts. I I swear to God, Aaron, someone better give me a company to ruin. Well, I think the extra twisting of the knife here was that this is happening amongst big layoffs. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, where's that we sentiment now that Mm -hmm. people are being laid off and um, he's got the golden parachute, you know? Okay. And this has to be employees. So they talk about like about 6,000 mm-hmm. people are getting laid yep. off. That seems yep. like a lot of people to work for a company that just rents office space. Well, you need to have those hall monitors <laughs> right. on every floor. <laughs> no, no. Every floor. But yeah. And people like to monitor blog posts and shit. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's corporate greed at its finest, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just not great. And I can yeah. imagine, again... The employees are pissed, extremely disillusioned Mm -hmm. because this is exactly what we were working against or we were trying not to get to. And it just, you know, it's fine. It's fine. We're just going to go ahead and do it like everyone else has done it for all of capitalism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's hard. You listen to his personal assistant. I can't remember her name. That's a few pages ago. Was it Megan? Megan. Yeah. So Megan discusses how hard it was. You know, people were really invested in this. They they believed in the passion. And so mm-hmm. their passion became mm-hmm. his passion. And now they're fucked. And she was like, yeah, community is crucial to our survival. She's talking about with COVID, it's really hard. I agree. Community is crucial. But community means different things to 
different people. And it's hard to put that into one box. And I think that's what they were trying to do is this is community as I see it and you should Mm -hmm. like it. Mm -hmm. But that's not community for everybody. It becomes forced interaction at that point. And that isn't comfortable for a lot of people. Well, again, I think that this started off, it's it's a beautiful ideal. And I I Mm -hmm. love the fact that somebody was like, I don't like how people are treated in corporate America. I want to make a company that really Mm -hmm. invests in the people and then Mm -hmm. profits and whatever else follows. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the same story over and over again with Boeing, with Mm -hmm. Theranos, with all the things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when it's in the hands of people at the top, I think it's just, it's very difficult to maintain that. I think that there's something that happens when there's nobody around to say no to you, Mm -hmm. or you just have endless resources and very few checks and balances. And it's easy to forget what it was like when you had to pump your own gas and buy your own groceries. Right. You know, and so I think that, you know, and you lose that viewpoint and and then you just end up fucking everybody. So, well, they do say under new CEO, WeWork claims Mm -hmm. it is on track to achieve profitability in 2021. And at which point they will revisit the option of an IPO. So they're still, they still exist. I think they really shrunk it down back to a couple of probably facilities and Mm -hmm. work on growing it back up. I would be really interested to know how they managed through COVID. I was thinking the same thing right? when Megan was yeah. talking about how COVID was hard and that. And I'm like, okay, if your entire, <laughs> if you're in entire your whole spiel like, is, yeah, is yeah. coming together as a community and we're like, you can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck happens? I do like the fact that they showed at the end, you know, they're, when they're like, we all believe that people would take care of people. And then they all sit down for their interviews and they're masking up to you know, like they've come in to sit down for the interview and their mask up or they're getting up from their interview and their masks mm-hmm. on when they leave. And I was like, thank you. They didn't say anything about it. They just showed you that these yep. people were, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam and Rebecca declined to participate in the film. I'm Shocking. shocked. Shocked. They live in one of their multiple homes in the New York area. Yep. Caught that too. It says in early 2021, Adam reached a settlement with Softbank. So although he was offered a huge payout, I think Softbank was like, bitch, I'm not paying that. So apparently, according to news reports, he will receive some $580 million in stock sales and fees, and then an extension on approximately $430 million in loans. So he owes $430 million in loans. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're to understand? And then he's getting... 580 million in stock sales. So mm-hmm. I'm saying that is this not like 150 million dollars <laughs> total? <laughs> I mean, like, right? I mean, that's assuming he pays it off. It's assuming, right? Because if he's getting extensions, he's clearly just pushing, pushing, pushing and using this money to live on or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't, guess. It seems like he has a really expensive lifestyle. I mean, like, I think I'd be willing to try if somebody wants to work with me on this. I think I could make it work pretty sweet uh, on 150 mil. It'd be tough. Like you would have to get a really gas efficient car, you know, my plane better be extremely fuel efficient uh, for (laughs) right. For my travels to the Maldives or whatever the fuck. So yeah, I'm willing to give it a go though. I mean, okay. For the pod, I would, I would do this experiment. Right. We've made a reality mm. show. <laughs> It'll be like Brewster's millions. Right. I mean, it's yes. just Aaron's millions. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
<laughs> Love it. But Adam and Rebecca are planning to relaunch a private school called Student of Life for Life, or S-O-L-F-L, pronounced soulful. Jesus. I can't get away from these people fast enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please, please, people, do not enroll your children there. <laughs> Nothing good will come of it. Nothing. Well, let, let's say that they, okay, if they made it free, maybe. Yeah, but it's it's all about the money, so you know that's not going to be... Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like... It would be nice, yeah. Yeah. It would be different. Yeah. Like, let's regroup some of that former glory and PR. I'm just saying. You Mm -hmm. guys got plenty of money to do something for someone else. They only have $150 million, Erin. How are they supposed to survive and be helpful to people with that small (laughs) amount of money? Again, it can be done. People (laughs) do it with less all the time. What? Mm. Mm. Okay, so let's go on to something more horrible <laughs> before we go there i will say yeah. everyone should go watch apple tv we crashed oh okay which is dramatization of how all this happened it has jared leto and Anne hathaway it's eight episodes it just came out in 2022 it is really well done so everyone should go watch that okay i'll have to take you up on that because i haven't seen it either mm-hmm. it's good mm-hmm. okay now cool. okay what are we doing next week uh we're gonna delight Aaron McCourt and Yay. do a cult doc. So my favorite the, cult, right? Exactly. <laughs> this is going to be super fun. So Heaven's Gate, Cult of Cults. Um, this one's on HBO Max. We're looking at a four episode, so we're growing our repertoire, mm-hmm. and they're about fifty minutes each. So totally doable. And actually, we've seen it before, and it's pretty good. Oh, pretty good. I cannot <laughs> wait. You guys, this is my favorite cult by far. I promise you, it is worth the watch. So much so. Mm-hmm. So join us for that next week. And in the meantime, rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at GoDocYourself. And yeah, this has been a fun one. It has been fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And Absolutely. I cannot wait to tell you about my favorite cult next week. Yeah. <laughs> you're just beaming right now. So the whole oh, yeah. next time, your energy is going to be very, very up there. So. So excited. <sighs> okay. So uh, with that, thank you. And um, I'll see you later. Bye.